Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. What's good, y'all? This is Big C, certified brewhead, and welcome to Beer and Other Shh, the podcast, episode 29. That's crazy. Uh, we are here at the public brewery in Croydon, Melbourne, Victoria. Um, this is our last day in Australia. We're about to go home in a few hours, so uh, why not squeeze in another podcast? I'm about to sit down with uh, Brendan, who is known as Brendo in true Australian fashion. Uh, who's the head brewer slash brewmaster here at the Public Brewery. We actually came here a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's fantastic. Such a dope place. Uh, great environment. They do the... the uh, do you know what? I won't say too much. You're going to get into it in the podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with him. Everyone I've dealt with here has been extremely hospitable. Very, very cool. Very impressed uh, with the whole setup. So um, stick around. You're going to hear that. Shout outs to all of our sponsors again. And look... I'm just going to read them out real quick. If you're on iTunes, the info and coupon codes are in the description. On YouTube, same deal. Facebook, look for it elsewhere. Um, no, nah, you're right, mate. No worries. Um, so shout out to Brewheads, thebrewheads.com, uh, Illnote Studios, illnotestudios.com, High Five Pedal Tours out there in Ann Arbor, Michigan, also highfivepedaltours.com, and of course, Toronto Urban Adventures for all your beer tours in Toronto, torontourbanadventures.com. We got coupon codes for all of them, all of them, great businesses all of them personal friends um i've used all their products they're all fantastic so definitely check that out but um tonight is the the launch of a brand new beer here at the public brewery so we coincided the podcast with that so i'm really looking forward to trying it everything i've had from here has been um fantastic so um yeah man i'm really looking forward to it let's do it What's good, y'all? This is C, Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 29 of Beer Another Shh, the podcast. And today we are coming live from the public brewery in lovely Croydon, Victoria, Australia. And I have the man responsible for the beers here, Brendo. I don't know your full name, I just know Brendo. Brendo's good, Brendan Gill, but everyone Brendan calls me Brendo. Nice to meet you, brother. <laughs> you Thanks too, for uh, having us today, man. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. Appreciate it. Love this place. We were here uh, a couple weeks ago, as we were awesome. saying beforehand. Um, super amped um, for the for the kids out there. Uh, my parents owned a toy shop called Toy World growing up, just around the corner. So <laughs> yeah, still there, which tripped me out. We drove past it the other day, and the the funny part for me is is that this is like I don't know how far from the city. Thirty k's. Yeah, about thirty k's. About thirty k's from the city, so it's the suburbs. Um, you know, I did out of east. Out of east. All right, cool. So yeah, not southeast, we're in the east, right? So. There wasn't anything like this um, growing up. I mean, not that I knew anything about craft beer back then, but there just wasn't anything around. So I guess my first question is, why Croydon? Where, how did this place, yeah. with this quality bottle list and, and the quality of beers being pumped out in the venue, like how did this end up here? I think it's probably like what you were saying, it's, it's just prime for it. So one, I guess it, it, it's a combination of things. So, you know, totally, we're right on the edge of the Yarra Valley. Right. So, you know, known for its wine, but there's a number of breweries and that sort of thing through it. And really, if you want a decent beer and you live in Croydon, 
before we came along, you're yeah. either heading out into the valley, which means some poor bugger's got to drive, because <laughs> the public transport isn't too good out Not there. Not too good in Or you got to head back into town, right. and you know, in the suburbs. It's really sort of a big golf in between. Right. So that's one thing, it's sort of pretty prime for that. Cool. Um, and then the other one is that the uh, Dale White, who's the, the owner of the, the he's he's set it up. He's, yeah, okay. he, um, he's a Croydon boy. Right. So he lives just down the road, he's uh, got another business just up the road in there, and it just sort of fell into place and, and made a lot of sense. And right. it's for all those reasons that you're saying, there just wasn't really any option if you, you know, want something that's different to Carlton Draft, yeah. which is pretty much what the, uh, the other local establishments have on board. Um, you don't have a lot of choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and we've had an awesome response from the community. Amazing, that was well. going to ask. Like, we came, like I said, two Fridays ago, place was ran. We got here at like 6.30 or something, ran. It was, uh, I was like, damn, like I just didn't know what to expect. My friend yeah. knew about it and everyone was excited to show me the Aussie, cool. the beer scene, right? So on the day we were about to come, it's like, ah, Croydon, like, really? <laughs> like, I didn't really think about it. I'm like, all right, you know what, let's go. I, like, I got some beer street there, let's take a look. And man, I was just blown away, like the quality of the, the place, it's like, I don't know, the, the decor is, is super cool and, and I found that there was a um, like a super wide range of you know, older folks, 60 yep. plus, there was the after work crowd on a Friday at like 6.30. Um, you know, it was jammed. It was yeah. it was rammed all the way. Every seats were taken. And it's been like that from day one. So yeah. it's it's always about being a wide demographic there. Right. So it's not just you know hipsters coming in or your oldies. Oh, yeah. Like the demographic is just off the chart. Right. It's just you know you come in. And it's different different days. Like you come in Saturday. Yeah, you, know, you come in on Saturday at lunchtime. It's going to be families there with little ones running around and right. stuff like that. It just shifts. And I think you know that was always sort of the vision for Darwin Place too. Was it's it's about community. And just people coming in. It's not just about you know, people who want craft beer or that because we had a lot of novices from just the fact that there wasn't much on offer and right. around and, and, and all that sort of thing so you know for a lot of people walking the door is that first experience for them right. and that sort of which is really cool and exciting for us as the brewers mm -hmm. we get to introduce them to that world which is right. great um, but yeah it's, it's always been that really sort of big mix through there and it's not just the locals like it's you know like your friends are just excited to bring you down and have a look and those sort of things which is great and you know, in that venue there, there's a lot of sort of communal seating, so you know, generally sort of getting like a beer hall, a private spot for yeah. yourself and that. Um, but you know, you're going to have to lob onto a long table yeah. with all sorts of people there, and that and everyone kind of interacts and it behaves themselves. It has a certain sort yeah, of, you know. Like um, no, no attitude, no drama. Well, it's, it's just self-policers, right? Yeah. Like, you know, this thing like, you know, you've got a bunch of kids that are getting a little bit full of themselves and you've got some oldies that are sitting there around and that, you know, you're going to behave a little bit differently and, you know, tone down the swearing bit if you've got the family sitting over there because, oh, I could look for a five-year-old and an awesome and, awesome yeah. and, and all those sort of things. So right. everyone kind of gets along. That's cool. Which is great. That's yeah. very cool, man. I'm so impressed. It's just, uh, that, that's why I want to start with that because I'm just blown away by it and, you know, I really hope that, I mean, it's really good to hear that, that it is bringing that community together because clearly there's a need for it and people want, on top of that, the kitchen was incredible. Brad, my brother, was um, saying that, uh, I swear to God, for the last two weeks he hasn't shut up about the fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, the, 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 the kitchen's not the good kitchen's to the waistline. No. <laughs> like it's an occupational hazard when you're working here between the food and the beer. Uh, beer's the, a problem the, already. The beer, but yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's, and great it, stuff. it's all about going with the beer. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that's got to work. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's the focus. Fantastic, man. So congrats on that. Thanks. Um, so you know what? Let's let's talk about what we're drinking. 
yep. and then I want to get into your story and uh, yeah, cool. see how you go. So today actually luckily coincides with the release of a brand new beer, yeah, which so we're drinking right now. So let's talk about it's it. A, um, it's a relaunch, so we actually brewed it last year. It's our Smoke on the Porter. I love um, the name, by the way. Yeah, it's a cool name, isn't it? Nice little deep purple uh, reference, reference there. there. Um, yeah, you got to get a little bit rock and roll with these things sometimes. So sometimes puns. I'm a dad, so sometimes puns leave <laughs> themselves quite naturally around these things. Ah, uh, the dad jokes. Um, so yeah, Porter, um, English style of beer, really malt focused, mm -hmm. um, quite dark like a stout, but I guess sort of the, the difference there is, you know, your stouts tend to be a lot roastier, yes. uh, whereas the porter's a bit more restrained. Um, it's a smoked porter, mm -hmm. so some of the, the grain, 20% of it, yep. is smoked malt. Okay. Um, so we, we use Gladfield malt, New Zealand malt, so they're really um, focused on craft flavours, I guess, right. if you like. So they've got a really sort of wide range there, and it's about as local as we can get currently in the malt world here in Australia. Our, our big malt is really aimed at looking after the big boys, right. um, and not necessarily the flavours we're after. So something that Gladfield do a little bit differently with their smoked malt, they use Manuka okay. wood to smoke it. Um, so Manuka, we get Manuka honey from, which New Zealand's very right. well known for. Okay. Um, so what we tend to find is it's not as intense as your traditional smoked malts. Um, right. So think about your German smoked malts where you're using beech wood. Um, yeah, when you have a German smoked beer, it's all about sort of that hangy bacon, bacon small good character coming yes. on. Um, whereas the Manuka is a bit more subtle okay. around that. So we get a little bit of small wood character in there, but it's not huge. Not huge. No. And 20% of that, that, that grain bill is, is smoked malt, that, which is right. reasonably significant. Right. So not um, so much on the nose either. Or like no, and it's pretty it's pretty cold at the moment. As it warms right, up, yeah. it's, it's going to open up and, and that sort of thing from there. But the thing I like about the Manuka smoke is you always get like a honeyed sweetness off it as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just really smooth. It's yeah. just something that's, you know, nice and different. And I think like it, we're, your quarters and stouts, they sort of blend over each other so quickly and that sort of thing. So, you know, if you're going to do one, sometimes it's nice to have something that differentiates a little bit. You know, smoke porter as opposed to just a straight up and down porter. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I drink a straight up and down porter, it's like, well, it could just be a stout. You know, it's just no a naming like thing. It's just, yeah. So, yeah. That's great. It sort of stands out. So, we brewed it last year. Um, yep. It's around about this time. So, okay. it's a nice sort of wintry so kind of beer. Right. Seasonal. Seasonal. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's a new batch. Yeah, Fresh it's just uh, just been kicked off last week. Fantastic. So it's Way, uh, I guess, you know, seasonally, of course, but is that the reason you brought it back again? It's going to be like a regular season? Yeah, and I really enjoyed drinking it last yeah. year. So let's do it again. That's the joy of being the brewery. You of can, course. The head brewery, you can work out those schedules and sneak those sneak uh, in. those beers in that you that's really amazing. want to drink, you know? That's fantastic. So let's, that's a good segue. So, you are the head brewer here. Yes. Um, Tell us, how did you get into the beer world? What's your uh, general? Yeah, I guess I was always, um, you know, one of those guys. You go to a bar and you sort of walk in. Yeah, everyone starts on the mainstream beers, right? Like we all grew up drinking VB and Draft here in Australia. Well, this year in Victoria, if you're Queensland, it's going to be Forex and so on, so forth, and so easy and you say, blah blah blah. So we all have that sort of thing. Um, but I guess, you know, once I was sort of old enough to start going out into venues and those sort of things, I was just one of those curious guys where you walked in, you saw a bottle or something on tap that you hadn't seen before, it's mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, give, give it a, a taste, taste yeah. and see how you go. And um, 
I guess what, one of my epiphany beers was uh, Mountain Goats Hightail Ale. So, nice. brewery started about 18 years ago um, down in Richmond, mm -hmm. and it was you know, red amber, big and malty, lots of hops on it. It's like, wow, it's what is this? pretty different to right. the pale fizzy stuff <laughs> that you know, used to see, or you, know, you go to your granddad's place and that's, that's what that's he had all in the fridge, that's yeah. what dad drank, and, and all those sort of things. And right. it sort of really broadened that. Um, yeah, you know, perception of what beer could be and, and those sort of things. So from there, it was just, you know, anytime you saw new beer, it's like, yeah, cool, try that and away you go. And it sort of became a bit of a slippery slope. And right. uh, I guess it's like anything, as you sort of, you know, start to develop an appreciation for something, you want to understand a bit more about how it works. So the next logical step was to start brewing at home and, and playing with it. And uh, yeah, then it kind of got out of control pretty quickly. <laughs> and then, you know, the missus kicked me out of the, uh, the kitchen. Yeah, the they went out into the garage and all those sort of things. Um, so yeah, I got pretty serious into that and into competitions and judging and just, you know, finding any opportunity to learn more about the year and those sort of things. Uh, and so I was in, you know, sort of the professional world, corporate, student life, five days a week, pretty boring, soul destroying, yeah, you know, where you go. Yeah, I've been there, mate, I know. And I live locally, I live just down the road. Okay. And so the train station's just up here sure and is. I would walk past here twice a day on the way to work and on the way back. Right. And, um, started to see that this, this place used to be an auction house before right. we set up the brewery. So that was the last business that was in here. Uh, but if you go back to um, when it was originally built, it was um, Harry Lacey's Grain and Feast, so this is Lacey Street, so right. he's a reasonably important man in, in the community because they named the street after him. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it kind of comes full circle around it. But yeah, I was walking past here twice a day and Dale, the, um, the owner, um, just pottering around in here and you know, you can see he's cleaning stuff out. That's why he owns a cafe up in the corner there. So I right. go from there and those things. So he got talking, he's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're gonna build a brewery. I'm like, how awesome's that? I'm gonna have a brewery, five minutes walk from home. Right. So good. No cats. Live in Croydon, don't have yeah. to go to the Yarra Valley, don't have to go back into town, this is gonna be awesome. And I think my next question was, what do you guys know about brewing beer? Right. Not, not much. Okay. 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 That's a problem. Yeah, a little bit of a problem, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good luck with that and away you go. And then you know, every time we sort of walk past, if Dale saw me or I saw Dale, we just sort of talk and you know, I was sort of being a bit of a nosy bugger yeah. along the way there and that sort of thing. And um, after a while, Dale sort of tweaked it. I knew a bit more than I was talking about, just some of the pretty questions that I was asking and, and those sort of things. Um, and then anyway, um, it was all getting sort of a bit closer. They sort of opened up as the bar first. Mm -hmm. um, so we're serving other people's beer. It was pretty rudimentary. And then the full bar went in. And the brewing equipment started landing, or at least the brew house was there. Right. Um, so, so as, that, as it was yeah, now. Yeah, without the fermenters and, and everything right. like that. Um, and they advertised for a brewer. And it, it had gone up, they put it up onto Crafty Pine, it's sort of a local beer scene website here right. in Australia. Crafty okay. Yeah, um, worth a look. Um, and I'd seen it on Facebook and I'm like, wow, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, they're, they're looking for a brewer, how awesome would that be? But, you know, in the job I was doing that, pretty well paid, and that brewing doesn't pay that much, yeah. and away you go. So I sort of kind of dismissed it out of hand, and then my wife, I'd seen it that morning, I got home that night, you know, didn't think too much about it. The next morning as I was heading out to my real job, my yeah. old job, <laughs> the wife said to me, oh, did you see, did you see that the, the, uh, you know, the brewery's looking for a, a brewer up there? Like you should 
throw your hat into the ring and so I kind of dismissed her a little bit and went off to, to work and sort of thought a bit more about it across the day and, um, and sort of got back in here on my way through and had a chat to Dale and said, yeah. like, you know, don't have all the commercial experience you're looking for or that thing, but I have these things, you know, is that of interest? And he was blown away, put in the resume, had a chat and sort of the rest is history. It's um, amazing. On we come, yeah. So it was a really fortunate position to be in. Right? Normally, the, yeah, the one rule the guys had was proof of beer. So I sort of walked in and, you know, my first thing was like, okay, so what are the beers going to be? What, are, what do you want me to brew? And those sort of things. I'm like, what do you want to brew? And I didn't get that for a little while. Right. <laughs> it took me a little while to sort of, you know, work that out. And um, it was just a lot of trust right. put in there. And um, it's just it's just blown everyone away in terms of, you know, how successful the venue's been. Beers coming out better than, you know, anyone sort of expected from when they started building it and, and those sort of things. And it's just snowballed. Right. Yeah. How was that? Um, so I think the venue opened up just around about just just under three years ago with the bar and that sort of thing. Um, I've been here for about two and a half. Right. Um, now, so pretty much is, since the beginning. Yeah, which is when the equipment landed. So the week I started, that's when all the fermenters started coming in and um, and all those sort of things there. Right. So you know that was fun, sort of watching that crane in and, and start putting it together and that thing. But it was a really long process to go through before we were brewing. So yeah, we've probably been brewing here for a bit over two years now okay. um, but it's just sort of snowballed you know we sort of started as a, a little brew pub and you know we, we had sort of one maybe two beers on tap at a time and, and that was it um, and then we've since you know over that sort of over the last sort of 18 months well the last last eight months really is sort of really grown exponentially right. so we've opened a second venue over in Ringwood really um, oh, yeah the cellar door at Eastland everybody yeah. keeps telling me about that yeah so what is that so yeah, that one's that's hospitality focus, really. So right. we don't so have like the brewery side of there. It's, it's restaurant bar. And it's it's across various spaces. So you sort of got your general bar seating area, formal dining room. We've got a mezzanine level with sort of wine and spirits, and then a rooftop beer garden, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know, coming coming in uh, the next couple of months, that'll reopen as the weather starting to improve. Today it was a cracker. It was an absolute belter out there. A little bit windy, but the sun is just great. Um, good winter. Yeah, good winter. exactly. And so that place is open seven days a week. Right. Whereas okay. here is we were Thursday to Sunday. Sunday. We've now sort of transitioned to a Wednesday to Sunday pattern right. there. Um, but you know, if we only had sort of one or two beers on here at a time, we were never going to feed a second venue like right. that. The little brew house we have here. So this brew house is 250 litres. We brew twice to fill 500 litres. Right. That's a lot of work for 500 litres of beer. Right. Um, so we went and built a production brewery at the same time. I figured so, there'd be something like that. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, it didn't seem like just recovery. No, right. no. So, you know, while the guys were busy building that, yep. you know, I was busy building the production brewery. And where's um, that one based? So that's 10 minutes up the road in Warren okay. itself. Um, yeah, so that, that's just up there. And I sort of thought it was somewhere I was going to be able to hide, but not really. Because <laughs> you're very on the show here. Like when you walk into the venue, the first thing you see when you get outside of the bottle shop is the brew house. Of course. You know, that, that, that was the thing. Um, so I thought, you know, we could go set up the production brewery, great. I can sort yeah. of go hide and get shit done in there in yeah. a few days. And that wasn't quite right because when the old tenant got out of there, they pulled some stuff and went, oh, there's windows there. Right. Great. <laughs> we're going to be able to see up. you. And that. No, that's all right. We, we actually leveraged that. So we set up a function event space on the other side of there. Is so, it like a tap room as well? People can try it? So, no. So that really, I guess, here in the cellar door kind of run as our, our tap rooms, if you like. So right. we don't really need 
somewhere that people can go to do that. But um, it's cool. Like you can go do private events, corporates, functions, those sort of things. Have our beer and, and really nice wine out of the Yarra Valley anywhere you go. Um, so yeah, we set up a fifteen hundred litre brew house out there, um, which is yeah, big growth for us. And now we have five or five beers on tap at a time for a good sort of steady stream coming through from the pipeline uh, there. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's great. What a cool story. It's a it's a lot bigger than what we spoke about two and a half years ago. Yeah. It's coming on. Who would have thought, eh? When you're wearing that suit and tie every day? Man, meant to be, really. I guess. Don't miss it. Nah. <laughs> I think even anyone on, who's left Even it on for, the shit days, you no, don't miss it. Yeah. Do not miss that, <laughs> Mate, there's nothing worse. Okay, that's phenomenal. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, we've got the, the production brewery, like this bad boy. Yep. Um, I did notice in the bottle shop at the front, which is also yeah. a really cool um, thing that you bottled. Uh, what was the light IPA, the light session, hey, that, like, Oh, so we've got uh, our featherweight. Our featherweight. Yeah, so. So, you have bottle. I guess my question about bottling. Yeah. You've done some bottles as well? Yeah, we do. So um, every batch that we do, we do some amount of bottles in there. So okay. we've got a little bottling machine out here. Yeah. Um, but our next evolution is to um, put a bigger packaging line out of the production brewery really round uh, so we can... Currently, we just sell in our own venues. Yep. Sort of the next phase is start it out pushing there. out and broader and, and all those sort of Fantastic. things, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, start putting, pushing kegs out there so you can go to some other venues that aren't ours and, you know, drink our beer um, and, you know, drop into a bottle, bottle shop well. and, and pull a sixer away of, you know, something you really enjoy out there. Yeah. What's the process like that for here? So, just for example, so most of yeah. our audience is Canada and, sure. uh, and states. Yeah. Um, in Canada, we're based between Toronto and Montreal. So, in uh, Toronto specifically, that's the biggest. Uh, it's ran by the biggest alcohol purchaser in the world called the LCBO, Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Yep. So you can only buy beer, they have to base, they're in charge of everything. Like individual sure. venues can buy your kegs and buy your cans, cool, yep. but if you want to get liquor stores, there's only one liquor store. There's them and another one called the Beer Store, which right. is supposed to be public owned, but it's owned by Sapporo. And gotcha. You know, you know how that goes. It's not that public, yeah. Yeah, not, not even close. So I guess what, I, what I'm was just curious to compare it, I'm putting that for the guys who are listening. Yep. Um, that you know, in Ontario, there's a process. There's a lot of money involved sure. to get in the LCBOs, and then even once you're on the list, then the individual liquor stores have to choose yep. uh, you. Whereas here, I've noticed there's um, I don't know if it's like what you call mum and pop or independent liquor yeah, stores totally. aside from like celebrations, Liquorland, BWS, yep. Dan's. How does you know, in a nutshell, how does the the distribution system for yeah, both cakes sure. in venues and bottle, uh, bottles yeah. and structure? So I mean, as a brewery, we deal with three levels of government. You got your locals, so council. Yep. You're mostly concerned about noise and health and those sort of things. Um, state, which is your your liquor lot, what we call liquor licensing here. So um, they both license us to produce beer, yep. but also for others to sell beer. So right. whether it's us or you know your, your independent bottle shops and those things, they're going to have to gotcha. license in order to retail that out to the people right. um, and then you've got the tax office who click the ticket every time we put beer into package and, and tax the alcohol and away you go. Um, so what we can basically, we have both the wholesale and the retail side of it. So because we have our venues, we're retailing to the, the customer at the end point, we right. buy the taps or through the, uh, the bottle shops and mm-hmm. takeaways and those sort of things. Um, but then we can also wholesale out into you know your, your bottle shops and those sort of things and then they retail it out. So we don't, I know in America, um, 
depending on states and that sort of thing, you have to go is the three-tier thing. You've got to go through distributors. You can't self-distribute. Yeah. Whereas we can. Right. So, you can so there's nothing stopping me. Yeah, totally. Direct? You can go direct. Um, right. You also we do have distributors here, and you know the the thing about those guys is they look after logistics for you. And depending on the arrangement, they'll go do the sales and and that sort of thing. So there's a real mix. Um, you know, some breweries will do the sales side of it themselves and then work with the distributor to process the orders and get it out to bottle okay. shops and yeah, venues yeah. and that sort of thing. Others will do it all themselves. They don't have their own um, trucks. Yeah, that's it. And then others will work with the distributor that do the lot. So basically they produce the beer and there's the sales arm over there. Right, and then just almost like outsourced. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's it. So it's quite flexible from that perspective. As cool. long as you're selling to the right people, yeah, the right appropriate way. licenses and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So what, which way do you think you guys will go at this point? Have you thought yeah, about that? Um, at the moment, it'll be pretty much sort of self-distribution right. and, and sales. And so relationships. Yeah, and exactly. Like and that's that's what this place has been built on from right. day one. So it's always been about relationships. So right. we, we celebrate the industry. So in our bottle shop, that's us. Yeah, we don't just sell our own stuff. Yeah, it's all Victorian, Victorian independent micros. So, so cool. You know, and we have a relationship with all those guys. You know, the, the reps come in, you know, we work with them. You know, everyone knows us. That's right. sort of thing. We have their beers on tap as well as our beers through there as well. Um, and we rotate that through. And, and in, the, in the fridge. Yeah, totally. And so for us, it's always been about educating that wider market about craft beer, what's out there available. We do that, you know, through other people's beer, our own beer, as well as, you know, the fact that people come and brew beer here and, and those things. It's always been geared around, you know, there's more to beer than what your dad and your granddad drank. Absolutely. And those sort of things, yeah. So it seems that, uh, and I really like this, and I, I found this with, with craft in general, it seems like just beer people are some of the coolest people I've ever met consistently everywhere. You haven't met too many assholes. Yeah. <laughs> you just wankers here and there, of course, right? But yeah. all of them. They usually so. weave themselves out pretty quickly. Right, they go, they go, right? <laughs> um, and on, and also, you guys, everyone we've done the last two podcasts, so this is 27, 29, 27, 28 with Tiffany Walton from Kimbo yeah. and from AG from Mornington. And you, right. you knew yeah. them both when yeah, I mentioned yeah, totally. them to you, right? Yeah. So how do you find the, um, the, the, what's your perspective? I'm asking everybody we talk yeah. to just because, once again, I don't know Jack about it. I've been yeah, there yeah, for totally. a while. And, and what, what's your general sort of like a view on the people in the scene, but also the, the craft, Aussie craft beer scene in general, because this is probably my 110th odd beer since I've been here. I'm pretty in. <laughs> You're I, holding up well. I'm doing it, you know. I'm doing all right. A little bit of fitness, yeah. Yeah, you know, when we get back after detox. But, uh, yeah. you know, so what I've, what I've seen and what I've actively checked out is, is you know, uh, this is as good as anything I've seen in Canada or the States. Or yeah, great. Where, where else I've been. So I'm extraordinarily impressed and excited about, you know, coming back here now and getting more involved in, you know, getting the podcast meeting everybody yeah. and, and just whatever I can do so that's why I was keen to talk to you with this but I want to let the guys in Canada know like yo Australia's not messing around like this is some cool shit so um, yeah what's your general thoughts on, on the scene and sort of where it's at as far as like it's positioning in contrast to craft elsewhere yeah so I think your like your experience with the people you've spoken to in the industry is probably a pretty good representation of it right. like it is it's small tight knit you know, we all kind of know each other. Everyone's pretty friendly and open, and that's sort of like you know, you walk into a place unannounced, no, say right. who you are, and they're like, Take everyone care, falls yeah. out. Yeah, they'll look after you, you know, and everyone's happy to share and chat. It's like 
just super collaborative and you just right. don't see that in other industries really? and that's like it's just everyone's just excited about it you know i think it probably helps that we all enjoy beer <laughs> and we like chatting about beer and those sort of things and you know there's a certain segment of the uh population out there that we can get really nerdy about with it and, and that's thing. so you know it's pretty um but then I think we're all just sort of genuinely excited about what each other's doing and right. that sort of thing. And you don't really see each other as the competition right. um, because, you know, what craft is in Australia in terms of beer sales is really small compared to overall. So, you know, it's not about stealing space from each other. It's about chipping away at those big boys. Right. And, and that's why it's, it's like a communal fight against the... Yeah, well, it's, it's about, you know, just it's, it's all those messages about, you know, beer doesn't have to just be pale and fizzy and bland, you yeah. know, it can have flavour and you know just because it's dark doesn't mean it's going to be really strong and roasty or this or that you know there's just so many different ways to cut it right um, and I think it's you know it's, it's about getting that sort of message out there and, and those things and you know we're all sort of fighting the, the same good fight same around right. that yeah. I love it. Um, it's, it's it's just super collaborative it's super exciting time I think that just the growth in Australia has been exponential over the last in the last five years, five years probably, right? um, yeah, it's awesome. really accelerated. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, if we think about those sort of longer-term established breweries and that, sort of, you know, we're talking 20 to 15, but then there's a few that have been around for sort of 10 or so. Right. But you look in the last five years, yeah, it's, it's just, just massively skyrocketed right. um, between breweries setting up and um, sort of the advent of, um, you know, gypsy brewing and contract yes. brewing, those things really taken off there. So it's quite a noisy marketplace right. around that. That's um, a good thing. Well, I think it is, and you know what you see also is that the big boys are releasing craft orientated beers and those sort of things. Um, you know, some people get a little bit out of Yeah, or you know what they do is you know, obviously they've got massive marketing engines behind them, and that's something that we just don't have. Right. So you know, we're all about like social media and those things, and just word of mouth. Yeah. And you know, like brew a good beer, put it in front of someone, they enjoy it, they tell their mate. You know, that's the best form of referral, right? Really is. Um, but you know, you go into a bottle shop and it can be really hard, for the, especially for the uneducated consumer because they do a really good job of picking up all of those marketing cues that we tend to use in the craft side and you know, trying to make their labels look crafty and those sort of things. So they get misled very easily. Yeah, but I, I don't have a... I don't, personally, I don't have a massive problem with that because if that shifts you from drinking something like Carlton Draft or Tui's New or Florex or that, trying something different right. and you start, you know, it even though it's their beer, it yeah. opens you up, makes you more receptive to it and then you start trying and other stuff and it's like you realize actually the good stuff sits over here yeah. and away you go. So they kind of do That's some of the outwork right, yeah. for us, yeah, yeah. Using that money. which like is really good, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. thank you. Cheers, um, see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep helping us keep doing it. good yeah 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 doing good work yeah okay that's dope so I mean like, I guess you know people go and buy something like uh, Little Creatures who's owned by yeah but I mean that's uh, yeah, well it, it is owned online these but days the but that was pretty good yeah like, it's, it's a good the, beer, the beers are great and um, you know they're without Little Creatures and brands like Matilda Bay and those things we wouldn't have this industry here in right. Australia now because they're the forefathers of it and they were like let's be real no, they were just a couple of blokes <laughs> yeah. starting a yep. brewery and they this is what I agree with you on that. I think a lot of people in the beer industry, from what I've seen, at least in Canada, they get a little narky about it. And look, I don't like giving my money to feed CUBs, yeah. like, you know, mammoth, like, whatever. Totally. But, but, I guess if they don't mess with the beer itself, 
and, and they're doing it and they were independent. There's a couple guys who were or whatever, a bunch of people who worked really hard and, and they got their they got their payday. They might have made eighty million dollars, a hundred million dollars. And they worked bloody hard to get and they built an industry. <laughs> you know? So you know, you can't be too mad at a boy no. for that. When it comes down Not to the business of it, I feel like the craft beer people remind me of the hip hop purists and stuff and they just really have to be this certain way and, and I get that. But I guess, you know, sometimes you got to have that attitude and that is cool. But, uh, Indeed, like, it is a business. <laughs> it is, right? You know, that's that's the reality. It's not if a charity. you build it, you know, and you, would you be mad if when Dale went and sold this place and built it to the point of yeah. the other guys and he got his 100 mil? You really wouldn't be mad at it. Like, you know, it is what it is. So that's very cool. I didn't really think about that, actually. It's an interesting point that uh, the, the, the faux craft, or the ones that used to be craft, are now uh, Yeah, I have a pushing less of an issue with the, uh, the, the used to be craft the folk crowd but the folk, I think yeah. it, it, it all it all serves a purpose at right. the end of the day it all drives yeah. people in the direction we want them to come I reckon so. totally now you mentioned gypsy and contract brewing I, yeah. I brought this up I swear to god the last like five six episodes <laughs> we have a friend in Toronto who's a contract brewer temp like for now and we had a bunch of uh, words exchanged I guess with the beer writers in, in Ontario who yeah. don't they're not happy about contract brewing, and I've noticed that a continual trend, not just the, these writers, but also the, a lot of the breweries and stuff, and it is looked down upon. Yep. Uh, Tiffany actually schooled me on the difference between gypsy brewing, so I've mm. never heard that before, versus contract. I thought it was one and the same, but yep. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. the difference, um, which we spoke about. But you brought them up. What, what are your thoughts generally like, uh, on, on those? I, I think there's two camps. So there's those that are doing it as a... Like, I think it makes perfect sense if you're looking to build a business, right? So the easiest thing in the world to do is to brew beer. The hardest mm-hmm. thing to do is to get out and market itself, right? So, and that's... that. You know, there's a really romantic idea about getting into brewing. It's like, I'm going to make beer. It's kind of like build a note, come, build yeah. a dream sort of stuff. Just doesn't happen, right? So you've got to be brewing good beer and all those sort of things. But if you can focus on the business side first, build a brand, build a market, get it out there, and then start taking control and, and brew the product, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, because you know, the reality is... It's like a real-time market test. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's not cheap to build a brewery. It's not, right? you're looking at and, half a million, million Yeah, and then, so you've got the payoff time back there. It's generally a fairly cash flow more. Uh, Yes. industry there as well and all this so you know it's not just having the half mill mill to build the brewery but you then got to have a good bankroll sitting behind you to fund that that beer and get it out there get it out to the market and then have you know hang on long enough for people to pay you right yeah because exactly. <laughs> as soon as it leaves the brewery you know you've got to pay the tax office as well and all those sort of things so there's a lot of end, things right? that are up against you around yeah. um so i think you know that sort of gypsy brewing is really good there but then there are others that are just got this idea, I just want to put beer out there. They're not right. actually interested in being in part the of the industry itself. and yeah, making yeah. the beer. They just want to be here, they can put out there. So I think there's really two camps around that. I don't like that second camp so much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and we've done a little bit of um, contract or gypsy brewing for people here mm-hmm. um, as well. And, yeah, we'd rather support those brands that are looking to build and, and move get through. To the and be that they sort can of, get their own Yeah, be that sort of, you know, help along that incubation process as right. opposed to someone that's just looking for a place to make beer so they can just put it out into the market and they don't really care about it that much. They're not investing in it. It's just a... Purely could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. Could be a lot of hobby character or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah right. Okay, interesting. Good. Okay, that's that's generally the vibe I, I yeah. see. I think I feel like that's the more sensible like outlook on the whole thing. You know, like yeah, people aren't going to contribute to the industry. It's sort of like you know, 
I guess, whatever, it's a free world, do what you will, totally. but at the same token, like, you know, you're probably not going to be welcome with open arms into the craft beer industry if it's pretty clear that you're just a brand and it, for it the sake of being a brand. Like, right? you know, we talk about it being a small industry, everyone knows everyone and that sort of thing, and you know, those that are, you know, not invested in being part of the industry and that sort of thing, generally don't have too many friends right. in the industry. And, like, you know, the fact that, you know, when you're having trouble and that sort of thing, you can ring up another brewer at another brewery and have a chat and, you know, get some advice yes, and feedback and those sort of things around it. And that's what you value because you can't know everything. Absolutely. You cannot know everything. And generally, you know, you're running against pretty small teams, tight budgets and those sort of things. So you get done how you can get it done and right. those things. So having able to leverage those relationships is, is key. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you're not playing the game and those sort of things, those, doors, those same doors aren't going to be open. Right. No, that's key. That's exactly uh, what AG said as well. Like having that. It's a good man, AG. Yeah, I can tell he's a good player. Runs very similar to yourself. Like uh, you know, you can tell that's that that seems like a really uh, beneficial thing. So speaking of uh, people using your stuff to brew, yeah, these four um, uh, kettles behind us. Um, very cool the program you guys do it here I took we, we took uh, our dad a few years ago to the one in Kiel or you brew it yeah cool back in the days before I knew shit about beer sure <laughs> um, you know and we picked uh, whatever we didn't surprise him for yep. what his birthday or something and it was, it was a great time you know drink beer all day and you brew the you rent out the kettle and you brew whatever the hell you want and then you come back two weeks later and bottle it or can it and you know that was a very cool experience so Mm. you guys are offering that exact same service here correct yeah but better i reckon but better yeah tell me about it tell me about it so it was was actually a big part of dale's vision setting up the place because he had exactly that same experience that you had with your dad right so he went to a brew on premise a new brew it type place in there and um you know brewed brewed some beers with some mates and, and way to go but I guess what he found was to sort of lack the ambience of you know they didn't really have a bar there and those sort of things you couldn't get food and that so yeah it wasn't that sort of full full package in there so part of the you know we call them public brewery and the the sort of the the really defining thing around that was it was going to be a brewery that the public could come in and use that's really where the name comes from and so the brew on premise component was really key to that whole business model the the brewing beer for the bar and that great but that's you know that, that was always a key part of that vision there right um so you know it's quite a unique environment to work in where we're sort of production brewing beer specialty beers and then we've got the girl premise to look after as well um and so when i came on board i had to work out how to make that work and generally when you go to the your you brew it and stuff first thing they do is you know you, you, you pick your beer from yeah. 187 beers yeah which is basically this is our version of cold draft a little piece of pale corona or this or that so stuff that you could easily go down to dan murphy's or coles or Liquorland, or those sort of things and just pick off the shelf and away you go right um so we never really wanted to do that um so really geared it around craft styles of beer so when you come in, you're not brewing our version of this or that, it's okay, you would bring a pale ale, a brown, red, amber, stout, IPA, and then let's talk about the hops that we're going to use in those beers, right. um, and you know, the flavours and aromas and those sort of things that's going to contribute to it from that. Um, the other thing that we do that's really different is you might remember when you went in there with your, your dad was that once you picked your recipe, you went over to a big 44 gallon drum and they opened the valve and yep. malt extract fell malt out extract. and away you go. Yep. Um, so we don't use malt extract, we yeah. actually brew the base work. It's all, so it's not all grain in the sense of you don't come in and do it from scratch and do the full mash because right. it's going to take six, seven hours. So you're going to be pretty blind by the time we finish that. And I'm going to have a very hard time holding your attention. Like, come on. 
expect for us that entire period. So what we do is kind of shorten that process. So um, we do the mash, we make work, boil it up at a minimum amount of hops. So right. when you come in, we get the, get the amount there in the kettle for you and, and you're ready to go and it takes sort of two, two and a half hours to go through it. So yeah, they come in, they steep some malts depending on what they're brewing. So it's sort of like a pale ale base basically. So they're brewing a pale ale, we don't have to do a lot to it. If they're doing browns and ams and that, we'll get different specialty malts, steep that in there, add a lot of colour and flavour that's missing from it. Okay. Um, and kind of like what extract brewers might do at home a little bit. Gotcha. I guess sort of the, the other key difference for me and, and the guys was always about we will brew and we, we run those sessions and that is brewers that are doing it. So we went and did a you know a session at a, at a brewer type place and that sort of thing. And you know people couldn't answer your questions. So I just ask a few twenty questions to kind of work out suss out how much they know and those things. So I only start with guys who brew. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. the actual brewers who make the beer that people yep. will drink if they totally. come to the venue, yep. other ones who work with my assistants will be in there helping your brew. Because we get all sorts of people that walk in to do that. So we've got guys that just come in and like, I like drinking beer. Um, thought it'd be fun to kind of find out, you know, make some beer versus guys that are, you know, doing a little bit of brewing at home and that's when they've got questions. Right. And, and we have everyone sort of in between. So, you know, for us it was always about that education thing of, here you come in, we'll explain the process of making beer and what happens in a mash and how starch converts to sugar and all those Fantastic. sort of boring, nerdy kind yeah. of things that are actually really exciting. And particularly when you're in the middle of doing it. Right? Totally, yeah. exactly, yeah. that's it. You know, they taste the mold, we talk about the flavours they contribute to the beer and, you know, why we use different malts to get different beers and, and those sort of things, smell the hops, you know, all those sort of things. So, you know, you really sort of understand what it takes to make beer, but in a so nice, good. concise couple of hours. Then the best thing is, yeah, four or five weeks later, they get to come back, bottle off their beer, take yep. five, five and a half slabs home, and you drink it. That's a Every day, so it's a winner for yeah, everyone, right? Can't go wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that a lot. And, and can they tweak the recipes? Like, say, if you're making so, an IPA, it can't be like, you know what, I want to use Galaxy, I want to dry hop it, like, or is it not quite that? So, alcohol is pretty heavily regulated here in Australia. Right. Um, and so we pay, and we're one of the most taxed countries in the world for alcohol. Like, right. it's just, Living in a bit of a nanny state, really, around that. Um, so, when you come in for a brew on premise and you're brewing it for yourself for your personal consumption, the taxable component is really small compared to if I do the same process and try to put it into the shop. But one of the um, offsides of doing that is that the tax office basically is quite restrictive around what we do on the day. So we have to have set recipes around that and you kind of have to follow the recipe through that process. So there's not as much opportunity to play and those things, but as I've got 24 beers that you can pick from from your list, lots of different hops right. and those things. So there's kind of something there for everyone. Right. Um, and I guess we kind of look at it as being a bit of a launching point of, you know, we're happy to answer those questions. Like, the best result for me is if I then push you into starting to brew your own beer at home and you, you go down that slope, well, that's a win. That's everything, yeah. More people brewing good beer. Well, that's a win that's, for everyone who drinks yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the attitude I like so much about craft. It's like everyone wants to try everyone's beer. Everyone yeah. just wants good beer, regardless of where the hell it comes from. Mm. Uh, you know, even seeing that coming through with the homebrew, I love it, man. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, okay, that's awesome. I was really curious about that. And this room owned right now is the, uh, there was a little bit more. There was another four yeah, kettles. Yes, we, we had another four kettles in there. Um, we just pulled them out about four or five weeks ago. Um, just, we, we kind of felt we needed a space in here. 
I think so. Like, yeah, especially like we get some big groups and that sort of thing, and sometimes it can be a bit hard. But like you saw how busy it was on the Friday. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm it's saying it's just it's just I'm tough. I'm hearing that I'm seeing look, like this was at least it was empty like you know yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah, ago it's Thursday and, uh, night, right? Everything's <laughs> random. Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. So I think we we actually were in this room too, and it was because we had like you know 15, 20 of us yeah. who came out and hung out, and it was actually pretty good to have this space and when there was a big group, particularly out there like you said, the communal tables. So yeah, this is very key. No, I really like that though. Yeah, um, it's good fun. So, what else are you guys working on? What else are you working on right now as far as like the, the brewery itself? Like yeah. what's the sort of next uh, So, next I guess sort of what over... What are you excited about? Yeah, look, I mean, we are pretty excited about, um, you know, sort of where the business is going. So when we started, it was always just about brewing different beers. So right. it's kind of like a brewer's playground. Right. Um, so, you know, small batches, 10 pegs coming out of it at a time. Didn't really matter what you did because it doesn't pay to sell 10 pegs through venues. So it's right. a lot of flexibility around there, which means we can play with a lot of different and beer styles and ingredients and hops and those things through. Fantastic. Um, when we set up the production brewery, it was really sort of an opportunity to set up a core range, particularly where we've now got a couple of venues and that start to build that familiarity for customers that are coming through. So it's always exciting when people walk into venues like what's new that's on tap and that's, right, right. that's great. So we'll continue to do that out here with the brew pub system and just do those small batches. So like the like water that we're drinking at the moment and those sort of things. Which, which is warming up a bit and it's and uh, and it starts to get a bit smoky. Yeah, yeah. 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 We serve beer too cold in Australia, yeah. it's just hard. Yeah, I noticed that. Someone, <laughs> do you know someone gave us a, a, a frosted glass the other day and I was like, come on, come yeah. on. Where was that? I can't remember what that was. I wasn't happy about it then. No. Yeah. It's just unnecessary. Unnecessary. So unnecessary. Yeah. So, you, sorry, I forgot. We did talk about that before. The, the core range. What? Yeah. Tell us about the core range. So, um, we've just established... Uh, so, they're, they're beers that have sort of really come out of the brewery here. Okay. Um, so, they're beers that were brewed and tested with customers here over the sort of 18 months or so and such uh, and moved them out to the big brewery. So, we've gotcha. got four in the core range at the moment. Okay. First one's our featherweight, which is a 2.9% light beer. Yeah. So, light beer doesn't have a particularly sexy the image it does um, not and does the not. reason for that is it generally tastes like dishwater <laughs> <laughs> very true so there's not much there it's not a light beer in a sense it's like a style isn't it a pale ale or something yeah like so I kind of think of it as a session pale ale so cool. it's really hobby so right. I guess you know for, for guys like us that like your craft beer and they say yeah, you go to a barbecue but you're in the unfortunate position that yeah, you've got to right. drive you're take one or two beers that you really like but that's all you can drink to stay under the limit right and, and away you go um, so you, you go to the barbecue and they're seeing your mates are all drinking because they got wives that are driving and girlfriends and that's thing like smart yeah. <laughs> and so you know you have your one beer two beers so you want to get home so you can hook into it and that's so um, yeah the challenge was set there to brew a beer that has um, plenty of flavor right. lots of hot character in there and that sort of thing so Featherweight really fits that bill for us um, you know cascading really you can't go wrong putting Absolutely those two hops right. together and away yeah. you go um, you smell it you taste it it doesn't taste like that. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're pretty proud of that beer, um, and that was sort of our first core beer, if you okay. like. Um, we've then sort of evolved into that. So we've added uh, a couple other beers into the range. There, so we've got our um, American Red, Red Falcon. Um, That's great. That's great beer. Yeah. yeah we um, you know, my beer, for me, beers are all about balance. So mm -hmm. you know, so they play between malt and hops and, and all that. And Red Falcon's my favourite. So so really nice rich sort of caramel flavours, nice and dry, plenty of hot bitterness comes through and as it warms up you really get that hot flavour and aroma coming up there, you know, citrus and pine and, and uh, chocolate fruit and, and those things coming through. Um, 
so good and just sort of works all year round yeah. for me. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. no time you can't, it's, it's crushable, like four and a half. Uh, five. five, just on five percent. Yeah, five. that's it. Okay. Um, we've got our Funky Town Brown. Oh, uh, I had that too, that was great. Yeah, yeah. so again, just nice sort of chocolate, yep. a lot of rose, bit of caramel. You use Samarillo and Cascade, much yeah. like yeah. the uh, the Fiverweight there as yes. well. Uh, but it's more malt focused. So, you know, it's more about the malt, the hops sort of just come in over the top and, and those sort of things. Subtle. Okay. And that one's a little bit small, 4.6. Um, just keep it, again, just that focus on sessionability. And, you know, I want you to go up to the bar, get a pint, enjoy it, and feel like you want to go get another pint. Don't feel like it's hard work. Yeah. You got into it. We're in the business selling here, right? That's like, it. That's, that's what it's all about. That's it. It's balance. Yeah. And then our last beer is our 100 Acres Pale Ale. Um, so that, that too, that was great. Okay, so I had them all. Yeah, and so that one, um, American Soul Pale Ale, but it's, it all focuses around Australian hops. So I use a lot of American hops in the other core beers there. And with our flagship pale, I really wanted to focus that around hop varieties that are unique to Australia. Okay. Um, so it uses five different hops in there from front to finish, uh, all Australian. Um, and just you know, trying to celebrate those different flavors and aromas. We get to the typical American ones you see, and also you see, you know, bring more sort of the stone fruit and um, tropical fruit sort of character in there. A bit of spice, a little bit of pine in there. Do you remember what the hops are? Yeah, it's uh, so Super Pride for Bittering. Um, okay. Melba, which is a relatively new Australian hop. Um, yeah, you won't have seen too much of it around. Um, Big Secret, which is really fruity, really piney. Ella, which is fruity and spicy. Okay. Um, we use Topaz, which just smacks a grapefruit and stone fruit. Um, really like that guy there. And then Australian Cascade. So American Cascade grown in Australia. Gotcha. So you still get that citrusy sort of character that you, you get with American Cascade, but it's different. I really like it. It's Fantastic. really good. I hadn't yeah. heard of everyone. I only have heard of Cascade. So uh, there you go. Lots to learn. Lots to learn. Do your research, people. Okay, fantastic. Um, that's awesome, man. I'm glad I got to try all of those ones. Plus, there's the Apple Watson as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we just play with different, different, different styles. Style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Really, really solid. Really impressed. Um, I don't have my phone with me, but I remember most of these lightning round questions. So we have, <laughs> these are fun. Um, there's a bunch of them, so let's see as many. If I, if I forget, just yell them out. So first one. Um, what is your guilty pleasure beer? So a beer that you might be embarrassed to tell a craft beer podcast and you enjoy on occasion, but you can because we're all there. I, 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 mine's Corona. Probably can't so, draft. Like if really? you if you're in a pub that sells enough of it, they look after their lines. It's fresh. It's and like, I've drunk cold and stuff. Yeah, you just lie down and yeah. You know, that's not optimal. But sometimes you don't. It's like gonna it. get the job done, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have any guilty pleasure music with which to drink your oh, Calum Draft? To? <laughs> so like I, my guilty pleasure music was like Panic at the Disco. I'm like, like Poison. Poison? <laughs> that was an 80s headband. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. It's true. Yeah. yeah. That's not a joke. No. Okay. That was what? the first album I bought. Open up and say, uh, Poison. Damn. It's pretty serious. here in the brewery somewhere. Well, we should chuck that bad boy yeah. in. Right? <laughs> fire up the Fire it up. There we go. Hey. Um, <laughs> What was, uh, there's guilty pleasure beer, guilty pleasure music, what beer would you decline under any circumstances? Like there's absolutely nothing on this planet that would get you to drink this beer. <laughs> Probably like Foster's Light Ice or something like Foster's that. Foster's Light Ice? <laughs> I didn't remember that existed. I think it's still around. Is it? 
doesn't sound barely, too good. No. Barely, right? Um, what else were the questions? Oh. Okay, yeah, that's, that was a new one. So what would be either a favorite uh, beer snack slash food pairing for any given beer, not really a specific, like, favorite so oh, I don't think you can go too wrong with spicy food yeah um, that's always kind of work but like I think for years we just banged on about beer and wine yeah. bearings and that beer is such a broader palette it really is yeah. it's just and it works better right there are so many different ways to cut it um, and it's something that I'm actually pretty passionate about you know being able to put food together and yeah. Because, you know, it's just, you know, wine, you just have those old rules of, well, if it's chicken, drink wine. If it's red meat, drink red. And away you go. It just doesn't cut that way with beer. Like, there's so many different ways you can go with it. But, yeah, you know, spicy food and, and something that's rich or, um, you know, nice and poppy and those things. Yeah, so it's just good balance that way. It's just so many different ways you can go with it. What about snacks? So, like, am I just to put it, like, I'll, I have an answer to this one? <laughs> Fried chicken, chicken. Like a little snack? Fried chicken. Yeah. Okay, my chicken beats. Okay, no, hang on. I got another. I'll say my beer snack because this was the first, this was your question you had the other day. So my favorite beer snack would be seaweed rice crackers, a piece of brie, and cabana. Nice. You can't really get cabana in uh, Canada. Yeah, right. We found it just before we left Toronto. We moved to Montreal, and I still haven't found it since. And we've been having it a bit here. Oh, good. mate! Oh, it's a ripper. It's a beaut. Um, favorite style of beer? Like, well, it's kind of common. Okay, favorite style of beer, and then desert island beer. So one that you would you would have like a specific so, brand, but then a style. Yep. Um, like American Red styles. American I really Red, like. Yeah. Because it's just that if you feel like malt, there's plenty of malt there. If you feel like hops. It's been like caramel there, yeah. yeah. It's just always, always sort of good. Just yeah. really sort of solid all rounder. Okay. Um, Desert Island, um, probably in that vein, like Hotel Hell, that gateway beer. Yeah. You know, yeah, if I walk into a venue and um, it's on, you know, I'm really happy to have a pint. It's an old friend. Yeah. If that was the beer the guy you into, you know, I can yeah, see I that. think it's a good one to still stick by. So do you have then, therefore, I don't know if this was one of my the lightning round questions, but did you have a favorite beer of all time? Like if... I guess the Desert Island beer was kind of that, you could drink one beer forever, but yeah. do you have like something else that would be like, excuse me, like mine was Hedy Topper, you know, it's like that double yeah. IPA, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, is there something like I that? Was, or was, would I it was, still was, be Mountain Gate the high top? Yeah, look, I mean, not an everyday beer, but like Piney. Yeah, like, have, you had lucky. have you had Piney and I've only Hedy? had the Elder. I haven't had, uh, no, the I haven't had Hedy. Yeah, you I haven't, haven't had, had Younger, Hedy. yeah. You haven't had Younger, but have you had Hedy? No. No. What do you think of Pliny? Because I haven't had Pliny, but I've had Hedy many times. Yes, yeah, so I've only had Pliny. I've had Pliny here. So really? Vinny, Someone brought Yeah, Vinny came Shaky. over for a um, homebrew conference a couple of years ago. Right. And he got some shipped over. And they served it at the conference. Which How was, was it? Awesome. Yeah, no, it was really good. Like, he would have served it, but he wasn't happy with it. He, okay. he tasted it first Beforehand. before anyone else that, got a crack is at it. the boat from Russian River? Yeah. 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 Um, is it? So, AG reckons it was uh, there's this mystique and marketing around those two beers. We oh, totally. Them specifically, yep. I feel personally that Hedy absolutely li uh, lives up to it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the greatest fucking beer in the world. But yeah. and I would Pliny say Pliny was the, the yeah, greatest. It wasn't, but it was it was up there. It was a yeah, good beer. So it's solid, but yeah. it's like solid. They've done sure. really well with the marketing. They put a ton of hops in there. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like those West Coast like punchy yeah. face. Uh, stuff. Well, actually, you know what I really enjoy. Um, you see them about here a bit in recent years is the, um, the beers from Resin. Resin, like in the car, in, in like little um, cans, like uh, Red Bull cans. Yeah, and those beers are always 
they always seem so. Anyone I've had has always been super fresh. Resin. Point. Where are they from? Yeah. Melbourne? Oh, sorry, Six Point. Six Resin is one of their beers. Six Point. Six Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Never got them, because strangely yeah. enough, you can get a lot of American stuff here. But where, you like over there on the imaginary line, you can't get it. Because <laughs> you're good American. Export you can't get it. But the good American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to have all the good stuff. Yeah. Dude, did it. <laughs> Cheeky bass. Yeah, Six Point's good. There's a lot of good stuff. We went to, uh, I used to live in St Kilda. We went to Ackland Cellars the other day. I was blown away by the American yeah. stuff. It's so expensive. Like the Green Flash yeah. for a bomber, 650 bomb, like long neck is like 25 yeah, bucks. Yeah, you're sending it the other yeah. side. Yeah, no, I get it. And then you've got the tax on top of it as yeah. well. <laughs> you just, I mean, that's the worst thing about Facebook and being in like the beer nerd Yeah, because you see these smart asses <laughs> taking photos when they're on holidays in America and it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's like that when you're paying for, for one six pack yeah. or something. You know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. crazy. But at least you can get it. It always impressed me. I had mates here always taking pictures of like all these Sierra Nevada ones. We yeah. only just got the Pale Ale and maybe Torpedo in uh, yeah, wow. the LCBO in Ontario in Quebec. Forget about it. Like only like which is great. The Quebec white beers are like like quality, amazing. But you just can't get anything else but Quebec white beers. Yeah, yeah right. And um, so I really have trouble getting these American ones, and I haven't been able to leave the country. <laughs> That's all right, mate. You know what? I know. I'm crying. I'm having a soup. But uh, we get no. Nah, it's okay. I'm very impressed. I'm very happy for you. I'm, I'm jealous Thanks, and angry man. at you. Like fuck you all. But like, I'm glad you can get them and spend a lot of money to drink them. But you can you know, drive over the border and get them a bit fresher than we probably can. So that is true. It's just I haven't been able to do that. Like I live about an hour and a yeah. half from Burlington, Vermont, but in Lake Henry, and haven't been able to go there for the whole time. Got to make years. time, man. Oh, what about time? It's like the immigration. Long story. Uh, I'd say yeah. I haven't been able to yeah. leave the country yeah. and come back yeah. in, but. Trust me, we will. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. We're going to get it. a mission. Oh, mate. Don't worry. So that was about it, mate. Where can cool. we find the public brewery online? Where can everyone who uh, yep. wants to find out? So um, we've got our website, um, publicbrewery.com.au. We're also on Facebook. .au, guys. Yeah, .au. .au. We're in Australia. Don't forget it. <laughs> Facebook? Uh, on Facebook as well, public brewery. Yeah. Um, pretty easy to find around there, man. Yeah. yeah. So there's two things. We're on Instagram, but I'm not cool enough to know. We're out on that. I think it's yeah. either the public brewery or public brewery. So I've been taking. Yeah, no, I think we're on Twitter on Sunday. Right. Uh, what, right. Are some beer, sorry. what are some beer? Three things right. you can't live with. What are some beer? That's what it is? Yeah. Right. yeah. I see what that. I see that inconsistent social media handles. We can talk about that yeah. later. But I liked it a lot. It took me a bit to find it. <laughs> but it makes sense. Um, Brando, brother, thank Thanks, you so man. much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Likewise. Um, it's fantastic. We're going to enjoy some more beers. Have a good evening, guys. See you. Catches.